0: Welcome to the Accelerator Podcast, covering the church and church planning in the South. Accelerator is a resource of the 242 Network, the church planning arm of the Mississippi Baptist Convention. The 242 Network exists to assess, train, and support church planners. In each podcast, we will interview church planners and pastors around the South to gain knowledge and insight into ministry to further God's kingdom and church. And now, with your host, Brian Tillman, we welcome you to The Accelerator Podcast. Tillman here from the 242 Network coming to you today from the Back 40 of podcast world with another episode of the Accelerator Podcast. Listeners, you are in for a treat today as we talk to Chad Grigsby, a city church planner catalyst from Columbus, Ohio in the interview Chad speaks about a great need with church planners but i don't believe it's just with church planners i believe it's with all pastors and all staff members he talks about the care of the church planner and the care of the church planner's wife we all need that we all feel like that we are out on an island and i don't know about you But I believe it's even harder for our wives. I have a voice. She does not. I have the opportunity to speak with numerous uh, ministry teams, numerous individuals, leadership, and the church as a whole about issues that come up. My wife doesn't. Your wives, as ministers, probably don't either. Chad speaks to it, and he talks about how they are doing ministry with their planters, with the the staff members there at LifePoint in the Columbus, Ohio area. You will hear this in the interview, but Chad is all about multiplication. It starts with individuals, then groups, then either campuses or churches. We are all about that at the 242 Network. We're all about multiplying individuals, followers of Christ, discipling, making disciples. We're all about multiplying groups, multiplying churches in and throughout Mississippi and the nation. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the Accelerator Podcast. As I continue to learn how to do this, thank you as well for continuing to give some grace in this growing process. Here's my interview with Chad Grigsby. Chad, thank you for uh, joining us with the uh, podcast today and appreciate uh, you coming on and uh, just Sharing some wisdom and some, some knowledge with us. Please share with our listeners uh, your story and uh, just where you're serving right now.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's great to be here. I, uh, we do a podcast in Columbus. So it feels good to be on this side of the microphone uh, for once, or this side of the Zoom call, I should say. Yeah. Um, so I'm in Ohio, Columbus, Ohio. I'm a church based church planning catalyst there uh, at Life Point Church. And uh work with sin Network, the church planning arm of the North American Mission Board, and help plant churches in the city been here just over a year moved here with my wife of ten years, Jessica. We have three kids, Ezra is seven, Hayes is three, and Olivia is one so prayers appreciated for Come the Greeksby yeah. during this uh during this season where we've been cooped up so
0: so as you uh uh, just told us about uh being a church plant catalyst uh from a local church and trying to plant in the city what uh what's your ministry focus area and uh you know from a week to week day to day uh what happens in chad Grigsby's life
1: yeah it's super exciting you know um so being being church based is kind of neat because i'm i'm on staff at the church there and get to be on the team i share an office with the student pastor. Um so getting to be on the team there is, is nice and all the staff meetings. And uh I get to be a teaching teaching pastor uh there. We have four campuses, so I probably teach once a month on average um at one of the campuses and um uh more at Lewis Center where we where we're at the Lewis Center campus. Mm-hmm. So that's that's part of what I do and serving in the church and attending there. My family attends there. And then you know, day to day, I work primarily with church planters in the city, um, helping them get started, uh, helping, the, helping identify new planters, um, helping get planters assessed, helping connect them to training, coaching, uh, and care. So the cool thing about our network is uh, we have a, a person who handles care in our city, yep. a planter who handles care. We have a planter who handles coaching planter who leads up training. And so we, we kind of all work together, but those guys do a lot of the heavy lifting in their areas. So it's really great that I, I get to work with those folks, but I don't have to do all that. I'm, gotcha. I I was in a role uh, before where I was care, training, coaching, assessment, I did everything. So uh, we do two assessment retreats in Columbus every year. And I'm the director of those. Those are pretty, Pretty, uh, pretty big deals. We have 12 candidates that come in with their spouses and a uh, couple of assessment teams. And so that's kind of a year-round deal that we have to do, even though we only hold it twice a year. So that's kind of some of the day-to-day.
0: So, so uh, you stated you got two um, assessments a year, like a spring and a fall, and yes. do, do you cut them off at six each or are they 12 each?
1: 12. Yeah, so far we've done 12. We're, we're trying to work to accommodate 18. Yeah. But uh, so far capacity facility wise, we have the assessment at Lifepoint where i serve. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, so far we have 12 candidates in the spring and the fall. So that's 24 a year. And they're not all from Columbus. We have several from Cincinnati usually, and then one or two from outside the state. And then a, You know, two to four from Columbus or the Columbus area.
0: So, um, how many send cities are there in Ohio?
1: Yeah, there's three. Three Uh, cities: Cincinnati, Columbus, and Cleveland are all send cities. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Do y'all
0: work with Do y'all work with the uh, with the other cities? uh, I guess back and forth some.
1: Yeah. So, especially in assessment, um, we have people um, who come. Planters who come to Columbus to be assessed from Cincinnati. I think last fall we assessed six Cincinnati planters. So half of our assessment was just Cincinnati guys. They're they're doing a great job down there, Travis Smalley and and those guys. And then um in Cleveland, the church planting catalyst up there, Dan Graham, is on our assessment team. So he comes down and helps us assess guys. So yeah, it's a great relationship we have with the other cities.
0: Oh, that's cool so you've been on uh, staff at uh, at Life point um, tell us about uh, about Life Point uh, church there in the Columbus area
1: yeah Life point was planted by Dean folks and a team of guys back in 2004 so they've been here quite a while celebrated 15 years uh, recently and uh, Life point started Moved around Columbus a lot, kind of the north side of Columbus, but landed in the Lewis Center area, which is about, I don't know, 10, 10 minutes north of Columbus, something like that. Okay. Um, and then started planting kind of campuses out of the main campus. So the first campus was 45 minutes away in a smaller town called Mount Vernon. And uh, LifePoint sent out the youth student pastor at the time mm-hmm. to Plant that church be the teaching pastor at that campus, uh, and that was his hometown, so it made a lot of sense. And then a couple of years ago, probably four, four or five years ago, planted the Delaware campus, which is about twenty minutes north of Lewis Center, so not too far up the road. Um, and then a couple of years ago, planted the Westerville campus. So there's four campuses now, um, and about thirty five hundred people total between all the campuses uh, about half of those are at lewis center and then the other half between the other campuses so that's so, a little bit of info yeah
0: yeah so as a uh like if if my wife if Paige and brian tillman were um i won't say core members but if we were great members at LifePoint, what would an average week or what would an average month look like for us uh, if we were a part of ministry at life point we got small groups. We got on-site, off-site uh, things with kiddos of all ages. Uh, what's what's a great LifePoint person look like?
1: Yeah, so LifePoint's intentionally, I think, focused and uh, probably I would say simple. Their heartbeat is hey Sunday morning and one night a week. So Sunday gatherings very important. Very strong emphasis put on excellence and quality ministry. Uh, The music's great. Teaching's great. Kids ministry is next level. Um, And then one night a week. So life groups are very strongly encouraged, have a high, high, high percentage of participation in life groups. Um, And so life groups are where a lot of ministry takes place then because you don't have a lot of... um, ministries that the church facilitates but it encourages small groups to partner with local ministries doing outreach doing service and it's not just you know sometimes it's service projects but really the heartbeat is partnerships like every life group is encouraged to create a partnership with an organization Um, and then we've got some great groups um, in the city doing great work that we join with our association has a mission in the heart of the city Mm-hmm. Uh, that we work with called stow mission that's just a great great ministry so yeah i mean pretty simple if you're a, a part of life point you probably attend on a regular basis you serve in one of the teams on sunday morning and you you might attend or lead a life group uh oh. for the church so pretty simple but uh but god's using using it a lot so
0: that is that is uh good to hear and uh, uh very simple is uh is i believe i may be wrong i've been <laughs> wrong before i've been told but uh very simple is is i think very good uh, yeah so uh what is and how do you implement uh the vision or the mission of life point in your ministry area so if, if life has got a, a vision of, Hey, here's, here's how we do church. Here's what we're for. How do, how do you bring that about in your ministry area as a church plant catalyst?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, at the heart of life point to me is multiplication. Mm-hmm. And so the, the it, it it starts at a kind of macro level or I mean micro level <laughs> of multiplying disciples, and then multiplying life groups and multiplying campuses and then multiplying churches So kind of, and, and it doesn't start necessarily in one place. It's kind of doing all those all the time. So for instance, try to focus on multiplying disciples, um, which then leads to the multiplication of life groups. And it's interesting because as we've multiplied campuses, those campuses have mostly come out of those life groups. So, you know, you get a group, of life groups that meet in, um, Delaware. That's the start of where the Delaware campus came from. Same with Westerville. Um, so, so multiplication drives everything. So for me, in my ministry area, that's really the primary focus that I have with the churches or how do we multiply disciples? How do we multiply life groups? That's not really what I do, but I work on the, the multiplication of campuses and then churches so we're pretty heavily involved uh, in in that uh, in the city and with LifePoint. So, yeah, that's kind of it's kind of what our DNA is, I should say.
0: So, so as a part of that uh, DNA and uh, your desire to multiply campuses and plants, has do do you guys at at LifePoint say, all right, we're We've got the map of Columbus. We've got all the different suburbs and towns that are in a an hour radius from here and say, all right, hey, we've got um, four groups that are meeting in this place. What about a new campus over here? Or has that also multiplied to say, hey, we're going to put some campuses and some, uh, some churches in those areas?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. I think for LifePoint, if I'm just looking at the history like mm-hmm. looking back i think it starts with a planter it starts with a guy It's and you know our, our early pastor dean he says this all the time but it's kind of a the black experience be <clears throat> god principle you look for god's activity and you join him and so i think life point has tried to do that where's god working who's god working through and so for for the first campus it was Adam Purcell, God working with him. Hey, what, what if we did this campus? And it was like, well, where would you go? And his hometown just made sense. And then, uh, Kale Boer goes with him to Mount Vernon and is the student pastor at the Mount Vernon campus. And then Kale starts to feel this kind of call to maybe the Lord's calling him to do something. He went to college at Owoo, Ohio Wesleyan in Delaware. Hey, why not Delaware? A <clears throat> bunch of people are already coming from Delaware to Lewis Center for church. There's a bunch of life groups meeting up there. And boom, there's the Delaware campus. And then Westerville's been on, on uh, Dean's Heart and others for a while to have something there. In fact, Life Point, I think one of the first places it met was at the Westerville Community Center. Okay. Um, so it's kind of part of the history and roots of LifePoint. And there were some groups over there. There's a guy named Ed Travers who was transitioning out of a campus plant uh, at OSU that he'd been at for over a decade. And so God kind of raised him up and uh, now there's a plant in Westerville. So now thinking about the next campus, there's some discussion uh, internally. There's a guy (laughs) that God's kind of stirring and now there's looks like God's activity at a certain community. And so uh, that's just kind of how it's, it's been, you know, I think there's been, there's always several people on the radar. Hey, could this, could this guy plant? Could this guy be a planter? Could he be a campus pastor? So that's the kind of life point campus side of it from the sin network side. You know, we work more with individual planters from within other plants in the city, other churches in the city, or from outside of the city who are coming to Columbus to plant.
0: Gotcha. Uh, With, uh, with life point uh, uh, itself and life point, point proper is there like a timetable that you guys I know uh, down south you you and I know each other through some connections of uh, Longview Point and Life Point and and that yeah. whole uh, timeline with 1-8 church Planning network which is now 242 yeah. and that's what what we're a part of but uh, I know with uh, with some of the churches down here they were like hey every other year we were gonna we wanted to plant we're we're always actively looking for planters but every other year we wanted to be the major role major player in a new work or a new plant is there a, a timetable that uh, life point that you guys are on to say hey we want this or it's just whatever bubbles up or whenever it bubbles up
1: yeah it it feels like more god's activity you know yeah. what's god doing who's he doing it in um where is he doing it that kind of thing but We are, we do have a process now, 12 to 18 month process that we're working on that I've, that that the guy who had my role before put the majority of the heavy lifting into, and I've been refining it. It's 12 to 18 months on kind of how a guy can launch a LifePoint campus. So that's kind of the LifePoint side of things. And man, that's like meet with a finance director. And I mean, it it is, it is bullet points spelled out. You can take a step-by-step approach, but it's, it's also cultivated, relational, you know, uh, more than anything. But yeah, we do have a pretty formal process, but we don't have like a, okay, next year, you know, we're scheduled to plant. It's more relational and criteria based than I think it is timeline based.
0: So out of that out of that 12 month I'm gonna call it a residency. you probably don't call it a residency, but uh, out of that 12 month uh, um, time frame or 18 month residency time frame, is it a uh, hey, come on staff here for this, come move here for this if you're bubbling up and you're already there, hey I need all your responsibilities to be here and let's um, go from from that side <laughs> of it or is it? Uh, hey, yeah, I see God working in Brian. He's a member here, or he is on the team somewhere else, and we're trying to work those 12 to 18 months offsite.
1: Yeah, hopefully, it's a both and. Uh, gotcha. it, it, and it kind of has been. Um, obviously, Adam, who went to Mount Vernon, came from the Lewis Center campus, mm-hmm. and then Kale uh, went from Lewis Center to Mount Vernon and then planted in Delaware. But Ed was really more the first guy to kind of come, quote unquote, from outside of Life Point. He obviously knew Lifepoint, knew Dean, knew our church, but he really didn't know Life Point culture DNA. So he came on staff at Life Point Lewis Center for one year before he planted Life Point Westerville. So that, but that's really the first instance. The other two guys were just on the staff team um, that were sent out. And so that, that we've done it both ways. I think both ways are great. If you're on staff, you get the DNA a little bit easier than if you come from outside. So that's part of the conversation we've had around this kind of process of launching a campus is, okay, well, how long does it need to be? Well, it depends, right? Like if if the guy's on staff already, maybe it doesn't take as long as a guy who, you know, comes from the outside. So that's why, it's again, it's more criteria, more relational then it is like, hey, we put you in this, and in eighteen months it spits you out, and you're ready. Yeah. you know, it, it's definitely more relational, but there is some process to it as well. So yeah, I think it's a good balance.
0: So, so you talked about uh, being on staff at at LifePoint. Just tell our listeners. Um, I, I know it's a large church, uh, multiple campuses, and uh, we have some of those in our state and in our area. But uh, just tell us how. Uh, staff works at, uh, at LifePoint, meaning is there an executive staff and then uh, uh, other staff assistants and just kind of what's the, quote, pecking order, so to speak, there um, at, at the church?
1: Yeah, so we say we're one church in four locations. Good. Okay. So we have our lead pastor, Dean, who's the lead pastor of the whole thing. Uh Uh, And then he serves with two other executive staff, Troy Palermo and Shane Tucker, both of which came with him in 04 to start the church. So there were four guys. One guy went back to Memphis where he's from, but three of the four have been here since the get-go. So they serve as the executive staff. Troy's the executive pastor. Shane is more in uh, creative arts kind of stuff, website. Uh, social media, graphic design, all that type of department. That's so they they kind of oversee everything, and then there's a teaching pastor at every campus. We don't call them campus pastors, don't call them lead pastors. They're teaching pastors. So that's the language we use. Um, but they really do pastor and lead the campus there um, uh, under dean's leadership as lead pastor, and then kind of every staff's a little bit different because we have some. I don't think we call it this, but we have some central services that the Lewis Center campus provides. Finances is centrally located through one person. So like Mount Vernon doesn't have its own finance person. That's yeah. that's There's one person for all yeah. campuses. And then uh, the same, same is true for like graphic design, anything visual. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool because the teaching pastors actually meet together once every six weeks or so. And we plan the series together, the teaching series and the content. And so like, for instance, I'm not a teaching pastor at any campus, but I planned the Christmas series last, last year. Okay. And so it's kind of cool because you you plan one to two, three series a year. And the rest of the time, another guy plans it, another teaching pastor, another campus. So there's a ton of collaboration on that. And then every, every guy makes it his own, but we're all doing the same series at the same time. Uh, so it's, it's pretty cool. Very collaborative, very neat. And then it works similarly if you, like, have a, a, a process – what we call a process leader at one campus, and he kind of leads the other guys who who are in his role with the other campuses. Okay. So it's it's kind of this – some of it's centralized. And, and again, I don't know that we use that language, but from a relatively still new person, outsider, some of it's centralized, happens in one place, and then a lot of it is local uh, – depending on your context and who serves in those specific roles at your church at your campus I should say
0: so is uh worship and I, as worship uh I'm saying music side of yeah. worship and preaching is it live at each campus every week or is it piped in any
1: well now it's way different right <laughs> yeah.
0: now now with the coronavirus covid Calopolis, uh, yeah. whatever I'm want telling you it,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. So each teaching pastor is live at their campus. Um, in fact, the only live stream we have is at Lewis center. Um, we don't have live stream uh, at any of the other campuses. So yeah. So each guy teaches now, the cool thing is, is everybody's teaching the same stuff, mm-hmm. but every guy prepares his own message. So like you'll have the same passage, the same series, the same topic mm-hmm. and two different messages. And it's kind of neat because, um, we had a, we had a, a staff member, uh, our lead pastor lost his mom back in January. She passed away. Um, and, and one thing that's kind of been really positive about this model is, you know, we can shift around guys who've taught at different places and, and then we can switch each other, you know, and get things out of order a little bit, you know? What you did last week? Why don't you come do this week at this campus? And the guy who did something different, he come and teaches at your campus. So there's a there's a lot of benefit there with being able to be flexible and help each other out when we have a need. Um, so anyway, that's that's been kind of really really fun to see and and be a part of.
0: Um, what's one area where you have seen a uh, a win? Maybe a maybe a huge win, maybe a small win in your ministry area. I know you've been there a year, uh, year plus, but with uh, with COVID, it has uh, you know might have shrunk that a little bit. But what have you seen as a as a win on your on your watch, so to speak, uh, there at LifePoint?
1: I th- I think the biggest win has been the building of brotherhood and a sense of family. In our church plants, um, you know, we 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 one of our values at Sin Network is family. Uh, uh, it was brotherhood, but now it's it's kind of family shift in language to include the ladies and the wives. We have a spouse care advocate who cares for the ladies, and she's done a tremendous job. She's a church planter's wife. Uh, she's uh, close to fifty, so she's had some experience, some ministry experience. A lot of these planters' wives are in their 30s, young kids. She's an empty nester. She's got some time to invest. So that's been a huge, huge win for us. So that's, I think, part of that family atmosphere. And then we have just tried to say, man, how do we care for the planters well? Um, trying to ramp that up. We've got a planter who's come on our city team to help with care. Before, we didn't have a planter who was helping with care. So that's been great to just have a, you know, a planter say, hey, what do you need? instead of us trying to guess at your needs. Um, and then we're, we're working on just trying to stay more connected. We recently got guys uh, on a Slack on, on an app called Slack Mm -hmm. just to help with communication and sharing of resources. And, uh, that's been huge for us. So I think when you think about that family, that care, I think that's been a huge win for us just working with plants in the city. Secondly, quickly, um, we're seeing a lot more plants come out of existing churches in the city. And I think that's been a huge win. We're not, and and mean, we want, look, if you want to plant in Columbus, we'll try to help you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but seeing guys come out of existing churches and be sent out, man is, is really where our pipeline is going to have to be to see movement happen and impact happen. Cause there's just not, there's not as many guys who are ready to plant as there used to be. And you know, you probably know that leading the oh, yeah. church planting network. Oh yeah. I think I remember, uh, Acts 29 coming out with an article a few years ago saying the pipeline is empty. Like the guy with 10 years ministry experience and a seminary degree, it just needs a little finishing, you know, yep. a good communicator, you know, a lot of, a lot more planters are going to be in their twenties. Um, you know, like you're kind of seeing out in Washington state would resonate how they're raising up college students and send them out. I think that's the future of church planning. If you don't have a pipeline from within existing churches, it's going to be really tough. So I would say those are some of the early wins that we're seeing, uh, being here just in the last year.
0: That, that's good. We are uh, we are seeing that as well. It is yeah. uh, how, how we've stated it. it. You know, it's not, uh, it's not the uh, – the thing that every seminary student wants now, as they did before. It was hot and going uh, back at the turn of the century, so to speak. Yeah. Not that 20 years into it. And right. So, uh, uh, just trying to figure out, all right, where are our planters? Um, how can we get them in the pipeline and, mm-hmm. uh, and how can we get some training in them to, to make it be a healthy, successful um, plant? and planter for that matter. So uh, we're seeing that yeah. as well in the south. Yeah. Um, what is, uh, what's it look like for when everything opens up again uh, and you're meeting back and forth uh, there at, uh, at the campuses, uh, what does it look like, uh, all right, hey, here's the next couple of things that that I need in my ministry area as people are coming back in. Whether it's working with a planter or a, a new um, new campus that is going that's, hey, this is on my radar, and I know that as soon as we get back going, I've got I've to put some, some effort and some energy into that, uh, that area.
1: Oh, man, that's a great question. Uh, it, it, normal, at least for us, feels like so far away. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hopefully it's not. Uh but it feels so distant a, a little bit. Uh, as far as you talking about as far as church planting in Columbus, what's yeah. Either
0: either with your with your <laughs> connection with Sin Network or yeah. with your connection there with uh with Life Point. Um Yeah.
1: Man, I, I hate to be repetitive, but I think the need for us is just to get churches to think all right, how do we like every church? How do we be involved? How are we going to be involved in church planning? You know, how are we going to be ascending church, a supporting church? Are we going to be? I mean, especially our church plants. Like, you, if you're not making plans to multiply and descend, you're living in sin. You know, like you, George Ross would tell you, you have something that you need to repent of, right? Like he would, yeah. our, my, yeah. our good buddy George. Yeah, our good buddy. I, I, I mean, I just think. You're We're going to have to have churches have the onus on them to 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 multiply, or it's just not going to happen. And and again, I kind of said that earlier, but that's that's where I think we get the traction, where we get the movement, where we get the impact. You know, expecting you know got guys in their mid thirties to get a call to church planting, especially in a place like Columbus. Like Columbus is a great city. We love living here. Mm-hmm. Man, I, I love it here. We love right. it. Yep. But getting guys to to come to Columbus over Boston, New York, San Diego, you know, as at, as other send cities, which we, you know, we want them to go there. That's great. Sure. But there's a lot more sexy options. Yeah. Come I can on. say that. Uh, and I know, I mean, I was in Arkansas before this. So I know you probably feel that way in Mississippi. It's like, hey, join the club it's 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 hard when you're looking for those guys that are going to have major impact to to persuade them to come to you know your where you are so they're gonna have to be raised up you know and and I think it's uh I think it was Andy Addis who's uh got man like 14 campuses scattered across Kansas you should look up Andy Addis if you don't know him okay um and what he's doing great stuff but I think kind of he said man me trying to convince a guy to come from without to plant in rural Kansas is a fool's errand. If I can find a guy who already lives in that community, who loves that community, who wants to live there. I mean, that's what's going to make this stick and make this go. So I think, I mean, it's, it's a principle as old as church planting or as old as church is indigenous church planters, people from that area being raised up to plant. So that's what I definitely- would say.
0: We're definitely seeing that and that's uh, our direction and our focus has been, all right, we got to find somebody in that area that knows that context lives that context to, uh, to go minister there and uh, just see as, as you stated, I think that is (laughs) our favorite, um, our favorite quote from Henry Blackaby as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: See where God's working and go join him. And so. um, And, and,
1: And listen, we, we love church planters no matter where they come from. Yeah. Come on. (laughs) But, but I think if we're going to see impact, it's, you know, we gotta, we gotta think from within the churches. so.
0: Um, So let's go through my favorite segment of the podcast and it is called the faves. It's some quick answers firing them off. Uh, No long spouts on why you love this or why you (laughs) might hate this. Just, hey, here's what it is, and and we'll go from there. You ready? Okay,
1: I'm ready. All
0: right, what's your favorite book?
1: Uh, Favorite book, anything by Tim Keller. Prodigal God and Jesus the King, probably two.
0: sounds good. Favorite book of the Bible?
1: Oh, I don't have one. Uh, how about Philemon?
0: Love Philemon. All 25 verses of Philemon? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I hope there's 25 <laughs> verses. There may be 24. Uh, what's your favorite sports team?
1: Uh, Tennessee Volunteers. Why? I was born in Knoxville.
0: There you go. You got to right? be born somewhere, <laughs> right? You got to be born somewhere. Knoxville Better wasn't.
1: than a North Carolina theme. Ah, right?
0: uh, stop it. We're gonna stop the uh, the whole podcast right now. Hey,
1: hey listen, it could be way worse. You could be a Florida or Bama fan. That's
0: our Duke. So there you go.
1: Yeah, that's right. There, you
0: go, there you go. Um, Favorite
1: food? Pizza by far.
0: Love pizza. What's on your pizza?
1: So pepperoni and cheese. Yep. Light light sauce. There's a place in Columbus you need to come visit called Dewey's Pizza. My favorite yes. pizza in the world.
0: So, I do need to come visit, that is for sure. Uh, New York style, Chicago style, What what's our favorite style? It's
1: kind of New York style, I would say.
0: Yeah. Okay. So we're yeah. more of a thin guy than a thick guy. Thick pain. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, favorite exercise. What does Chad Grigsby love, exercise world?
1: Um, I need to do more of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, there we go. That's mine. No, that is my, my
1: answer. Right now, my favorite thing is mountain biking. And uh, I've been doing a little bit of biking around the neighborhood with my sons cool. uh, during this season. So that's been a blast.
0: That's great. Uh, do we have a favorite show? Uh, <laughs> Maybe favorite uh, segment or genre favorite, of shows?
1: Favorite show that won't get me in trouble on this podcast.
0: Yeah. Oh. Well, Probably
1: Parks and Rec is one of my favorites.
0: Oh, there we go. We're a Parks and Rec guy. Uh, What about a favorite podcast outside of uh, the 242 Accelerator? The
1: 242, yeah. Yeah,
0: Outside of that one. (laughs)
1: Um, I've really enjoyed – oh, gosh. (laughs) Um, There's an Enneagram podcast, The Road Back to You by uh, Ian Cron. I've enjoyed that one a lot.
0: Sounds good. Sounds good. All right, you've got a, a, a vacation spot, um, mountains, beach. Where are the Grigsby's going on vacation if you get to pick?
1: Yeah, if it's up to my wife, it's the beach. Up, up to me, I would like to go. So I'm also a soccer fan, and I would go to Europe and watch, uh, watch some soccer over there. That would be I my see. dream.
0: So what is your favorite football club?
1: Uh, Everton in Everything. the premier league yeah out premier of liverpool league.
0: yep there we go mm-hmm. you've heard it here now i'm
1: a columbus this. crew guy we got the crew here i love the crew
0: that's good stuff we, we save the crew are they any good late ah, yeah they that yeah. gave me my answer um if there was not lately not lately <laughs> not lately. if if there was uh one activity or you had the whole day to do whatever chad wanted to do what would it be <laughs>
1: Oh, if they haven't turned it off by now, they're probably going to now. Dude, I've taken up, believe it or not, bird watching. Chad is bird watching. <laughs> Here we I go. Bought, I okay. bought my first pair of binoculars yep. to, to bird watch and actually got out there this weekend. So that's kind of my new hobby. Although uh for the last four three, four years, woodworking's been been a big, big deal. So ah, come on. So
0: all good stuff. All good stuff. How can our listeners uh, find things about LifePoint, find things about SEND Network, Columbus? How can can we hear from you?
1: Yeah, so um, lifepointohio.com. That's LifePoint. You can find my contact info on the staff page. You know, if you're interested in reaching out, be happy to visit with anybody, you know, if you have any follow-up thoughts. We're at Send Columbus on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Just Send Columbus is where you can find us uh, with the Send Network. So,
0: and you guys are doing a uh, podcast once a month for yeah. Send Columbus.
1: Yeah, we started a podcast this year called the Send Columbus Podcast. We got four episodes, I think, doing kind of national and local kind of okay. folks. So we've got Columbus Planters represented on the first couple of episodes, and then hottie Lewis, the VP of Sin Network, we just had on our fourth episode, fourth and fifth episode. So yeah, got a little mix in there. Awesome. Uh,
0: I will I will put those in our show notes as well. And uh, our listeners can, uh, can find you in those areas. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Appreciate hey, what
1: you do. You're really scraping the bottom of the barrel, you know, if you had to have me on here. <laughs> but I appreciate you letting me come.
0: Well, Chad, uh, I'll tell you this. Uh, have you looked back at any of <laughs> the previous folks that we have had on this podcast? Yeah, if uh, you knew uh, any of them, you yeah. would know you're not that far down in the barrel. So now, uh, now, we're glad, glad to have you.
1: And one, one more thing, if you'll indulge me. I, I don't think we can get away from this podcast without talking about our mutual affection for Italian food. Italian food.
0: Well, you spoke of it just a little bit um, in the pizza (laughs) as your favorite food. I was just going to let it just lie right there.
1: You got to tell the story briefly.
0: Uh, All right. So the story goes (laughs) like this, listeners. Um, Back in, I don't even remember the year, but the Southern Baptist Convention was uh, being held in St. Louis. And um, Chad was there. I was there. Our friend George Ross, who is the uh, Send City Coordinator for New Orleans, and uh, another mutual friend, Wade Humphreys, was Which there. Which is kind of
1: a yearly kind of. S- if you're at the SBC, we have dinner.
0: Yeah, that's pretty, have dinner. Ri- pretty. Everybody gets pretty together, richly. so we go to this Italian place, and it was on the hill in St. Louis. Authentic. Great, yes, authentic. <laughs> great Italian. And uh, during the course of our meal,
1: <laughs> Chad says, go ahead and fill it in, Chad. Hey, this is decent Italian food, but have you ever had Carrabba's? <laughs> and we all lost
0: it. I mean, yeah. we lost it. And yeah. so, uh, listeners, since that time, every time either George, Wade, <laughs> or myself would go and get some quote, authentic good <laughs> Italian food, end quote, we would text
1: one another and say, hey, I had
0: Carrabba's or which, I had Fazoli's or I had Olive Garden.
1: <laughs> hey, which which recently uh, there was a text that came out, even again, just in the last like two or three weeks. So it's the gift that keeps on giving. It it's is actually, it's probably my favorite Southern Baptist Convention memory. <laughs> yes says, we
0: changed the world um that that evening at the Italian <laughs> spot. so uh, um i do appreciate your well, time and uh thank you really thank you for uh for what you're doing kingdom wise and uh in your neck of the woods there in columbus appreciate it great to see you. you guys too
1: appreciate the time
0: we will talk to you soon thank you listeners hope that you've been encouraged by today's podcast. For more information on Church plane visit the 242
1: Network on the web at 242network.com.